the most beautiful place in the world, where a Tar Heel blue sky blankets Murphy on its way to the Tennessee border. It's a long way from Raleigh and the Outer Banks, but we're living in Carolina too. In fact, you might call it Extreme Carolina. With more, here's Michael Borkman. Welcome, welcome everyone to Extreme Carolina, the show that focuses on great people and great stories who prove in their everyday lives that anything is possible. We strive to bring you relatable life lessons from interesting and inspiring people as they live out their purpose on this earth. Folks, get ready. It's time for some good news you can use. And we have some amazing good news today with the fellow that we're going to bring in here, young businessman. He's an amazing guy. I will just uh, give you his name. His name is Dave LaFaro. And uh, he's he's an author. He's a businessman. Uh, he, he is also the principal at Strategic Advisory Consulting Group. And uh, Dave worked with businesses, nonprofits to define and design and deliver their vision through operating modules. Wow, that sounds like a smart guy to me. But anyway, here's the book. There's the cover of it. I just absolutely love it. It's got that hot rod feel to it. You know, right there is a leading from zero. And he does an amazing job with that. So we want to, without any further ado, we want to bring Dave in. We want to give him an amazing, an amazing Extreme Carolina welcome to the show. Dave, welcome to the show. I feel so welcome, Michael. I just love the introduction. Thank you very much. Glad to be with you. <laughs> well, we thank you, man. We thank you for that. We worked hard on it. And so <laughs> and we uh, we just want to just, uh, you know, just get, before we get too far going, I love the fact that you said right there on the book about the nonprofits that you work with. And uh, you have, from what I understand, talking off the air with you, you've done quite a bit of, uh, well, actually, probably with one year of nonprofit with, uh, is it the food bank? Uh, was it the uh, yeah. America Hungry? Was that it? Second Harvest Food Bank of Orange County. Yeah, I've been involved in the organization for over 30 years now. And um, just through an interesting turn of events, so I'm currently the board chair, but before this, our CEO left and I was asked to take on the role of interim CEO and lead the search to find somebody else. So I got a rare glimpse into a side of the organization, even though I'd been involved for a long time, right. but the inside view of working at this mission-based organization, seeing people work from their heart. Mm -hmm. And and working their tails off to make sure that our neighbors and friends don't go hungry in our wow. community. So it was a great experience. I got to do that for about eight months until we found the right person for our CEO. But what a terrific opportunity to be of service and see things from a different perspective. When you're a board member, you get one view. Right. And it's a good view, right. but you're sort of there for a different purpose. When exactly. you're inside the organization and you're making sure that the trucks are coming in and the trucks are going out <laughs> and people are getting food on their table, yeah. it's a very, very different experience. And I loved every minute of it. It was fantastic. That is fantastic. I'm glad to hear that, man. We'll uh, we'll, we'll definitely get into that a little bit further. But uh, your 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 latest offering, you know, which is uh, leading. Uh, leading from zero here. I mean, I tell you, it, it, it's an amazing read. And uh, before I get too far going, I just would like to get what was kind of like the 
big idea behind this book? You know, what, what was it that that caused you to want to write this book? So, so the big idea for me is how easy it is for us to overlook what matters, what's relevant in our business, whatever mm-hmm. business it is, for-profit, non-profit. And so relevance is about pertinence. It's about meaningfulness. It's about importance. And so if you take it from a business perspective, the question is, how do we assure that we're important to the people that matter most to this business? That means the employees, the customers, the partners, how do we earn relevance in their lives and sustain it? And it's very easy to assume that we're relevant, that we're important, that we're meaningful, but Mm -hmm. that's not true. It changes every single day. The world is always changing. The world's always moving. And my perspective and what drove me to write this book is you can't lose sight of the fact Mm -hmm. that you have to earn it and re-earn it every single day. It's like in a relationship, right? (laughs) If you were nice to your spouse 10 years ago, it doesn't really matter. (laughs) How did you treat them yesterday Yesterday. and today? And what's tomorrow going to be like? You got to re-earn it. (laughs) You are... You're not kidding, buddy. If you you you're you're in trouble. If you're not, what's that song? What have you done for me lately? <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah. it's true. There yeah. there was a one of the things that I mentioned in the book. There was an airline long ago, and I found this commercial on YouTube, and their motto was "We earn our wings every day." And their mm. whole advertising campaign was that we start every day and we don't have any passengers and we don't have anything. We've got to earn our wings, earn our right to serve our passengers. And if we do it right, they'll want to come back to us. If we don't do it right, they're gone. Now, unfortunately, that airline didn't follow their own advice. (laughs) And it was Eastern Airlines. And what happened to them and a lot of people today don't even know who Eastern Airlines is. But but Michael, it's, it's to your point. What have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. It sounds a little harsh, but the reality is if a business, if an organization isn't re-earning relevance yep. with their employees, with their communities, with their customers, they won't survive. Nope. Uh, nope. Uh, uh, Southwestern, if we can drop names, they took a cue, a clue from those folks and they, they do it right. Uh, they do it right. And, uh, and that is one of the, best airlines out there in terms of airlines. Uh, but, and that's what you have to do. Our, the relevance, it, it, if, if we're not engaged with our customers daily, because as you said, something happens every single day. But before that even happens, we have to be engaged with our employees. I mean, if they're not engaged, uh, guess who they're not going to be engaged with? <laughs> and so, <laughs> and that cu- shows, right? Yeah. That shows you feel it. If you're the customer, every time you can walk- tell <laughs> you walk in the door and that service that you get, uh, I, I saw something, uh, on, on TV the other day that it was an old, old movie and, uh, and, and the wife, she likes to watch the old ones. And the lady was sitting down and she was getting ready to get up. And, uh, and, and the guy, he, she gave him the money to pay him. And the guy looked at the waiter. He said, wow, that wasn't much of a tip. You know, <laughs> she looked at him and she said, well, this is the first time I've seen you since I ordered my food. 
<laughs> so, and that's how you got to remember it. Yeah. That's the perfect example of earning relevance. Think about it. A, a server in a restaurant, yeah. it's not about the food necessarily. If they give you a great experience, they welcome you, they greet you. Michael, how are you? How, you know, to you, your wife, yes. your guests that you're with, they yes. make you feel welcome. They give you the menu. They tell you what they think is really good on the menu today. They bring you your, your drinks, whatever. It changes the whole experience and it makes the food taste even better, but it, that's the earning relevance. And you wow. were talking about that engagement. One of the things I watch real closely is Gallup, you know, the Gallup polls. Okay. And they do a lot of studies around employee engagement. Yes. They've been tracking it for years. They've got millions and millions of people in their database. Here's mm -hmm. what's remarkable is <clears throat> every time they do the survey and they update it like every month, but right. every time they do the survey, Regardless of demographics, young people, middle-aged people, more seasoned people, <laughs> um, and whatever city, county, state, country, the results are almost always the same. And here's the results. On average, mm -hmm. about two-thirds, 65 66% of all employees are either disengaged yep. or actively disengaged. That means... <laughs> That every day in their job, they're doing something other than their job, <laughs> you know, online games or whatever it is. What does that yeah. tell us? One thing that it tells us is the world is being run by a third of the people because yep. two thirds are just checked out. So why is that though? Right. Yes. So the relevance factor. And mm -hmm. I mean, you're an HR person, right? The, yep. you, you're tuned into this, but that how does the company earn relevance with the employee mm -hmm. and and part of it gallup tracks you know a couple of different things but but one of them is somebody at work cares about me mm -hmm. and the other is somebody cares about my development yep so think about that right one of the things i talk about in the book is how you differentiate yourself as a resource developer right you can take a perspective and this again it doesn't matter if you're talking about just a, a two-person company or a thousand or a ten thousand person company yep. but but you can say well employees just come to work for us they want a paycheck and that's it that's mm -hmm. one perspective right but then you can go to the other side and say people want to feel like we care they yes. want to feel like they're here to a, you said at the start of the show talking about your purpose on earth mm-hmm for, for, I believe for all of us, whether we've taken the time to write it down, think about it, articulate our purpose or not, it's there. It's mm -hmm. something in us. It is. And, and that has to align with what we do in our jobs, in our work. And when that happens, if the company consciously makes an effort to develop, help us develop a development plan, mm -hmm. helping us grow and learn and so forth, then we move from being disengaged to engaged to extremely engaged. Mm. And we're there to fulfill our purpose, which is to help them fulfill their purpose. Mm -hmm. That's when the magic happens. That's when you're earning relevance wow. with your customers, with your employees. Does, like does that it. resonate with you? Oh, with me, it does. I promise you. Probably to some other folks, too. You know, there's some things I could say in there, but it ain't about me today. It's about you and the book. So <laughs> This is a conversation. Whatever you want to say. Well, no, but, but see, you know, but you're right. I mean, I agree 100% with you on that. That's what it is about. Those two thirds of the people that are checked out. Um, and I don't, and I, I think the Gallup polls say it. They may not. They may have it one time. Two thirds of the people, they got the wrong job. 
they got the wrong job because they're there for the paycheck instead of yes. what you were saying, helping them to get to a point that they can be passionate about what they're doing. And yep. uh, when you can help a person to, to become passionate about coming to work and about doing their job, that means you move them from that two third back over here to this other part of the, of the page, which is what you do. And, uh, but if you look at it as a whole, you, some people look at us and laugh. You gotta be crazy. Two thirds of the whole people in the world got the wrong job. Yep. They got the wrong job. You know what? And here's the thing. It doesn't matter what the job is. That's it right. really doesn't. I mean, I've, I've had jobs. I worked in a garage as a mechanic, as a delivery person, as a bank teller, so many different things. I know you have too, yep. but it's, it's, do you align with what the organization's about and how does that help you in relevance? I'll give you an example. And you may say this is really a ridiculous one. I love pizza. I make no qualms about it. I love pizza. Okay. So the, the pizza company here, um, I won't name the name, but, but the driver, we had the same delivery person many times. Her name is Norma. Okay. I know my, my, pizza delivery person you eat a lot of pizza. <laughs> i'm not saying that but i'm saying it's often enough that i know norma right so here's okay. the thing is because she she i mean she's delivering the pizza mm -hmm. she cares she cares so much and wants to make sure that this pizza that i ordered online is a mm -hmm. great experience for me so so a few months back i ordered extra cheese extra tomatoes on top of the pizza right right she comes to the door and she says, Mr. Cafaro, I want you to know I made your pizza tonight. I'm going, Norma, thank you. And she said, feel how heavy it is. I put a lot of extra cheese and a lot of extra tomatoes. Michael, I'm telling you, it was the best fast delivery pizza I've ever had. Wow. And I'm going, Norma, I want to hug you. But here's yeah. the thing. She cares. Mm -hmm. She is actively engaged. Actively. She is earning relevance mm -hmm. with me. And it's a pizza, but you know what? The next time I order a pizza and it may be for dinner tonight, yeah. I'm going to ask for Norma. There you go. I'm going to make sure I tip her very well because she yeah. has earned relevance earned mm -hmm. and that's, what's going to cause me to go back and use that app and order from them again. <laughs> Silly example, but it's real. It is very real. And, and, and to say that, you know, a lot of folks, you know, they, they don't really get that. Because a lot of people are about the paycheck, but it's but in order for us to get this turned around, we can't start right there. It has to start at the top. It has to start with the people who own it, who's running it, who's in charge. And yes. without them saying, you know what, that Dave uh, Lafaro guy, I saw him on a podcast. He was talking about something I'm kind of interested in. And uh, getting to get employee engagement with my company and to be able to get some relevance. And uh, so how would me listening to a podcast do that? Oh, I can look in the right hand corner, see his name up there, <laughs> see the name of the company. Smart move, Dave. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, All but, about branding. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but. If someone wanted to know, and just to give you a quick plug, you know, how would they go about contacting you uh, other than, you know, looking up there? Yeah, my, my website is Dave, D-A-V-E, Cofaro, C-O-F-F-A-R-O dot com, DaveCofaro.com. 
There's information about the book. There's information about me, how to contact me. Back to your point about for people that own the company, lead the company, managers. Yes. Here's here's such an important thing. You Mm -hmm. make a difference with everything you do in terms of earning relevance with your employees, with Mm -hmm. your customers, with your community. Everything you say, the way you say it, the Mm -hmm. way you show up, people know if it's real or if it's fake. And that authenticity, that true alignment with some vision for your company. And again, it can be the local pizza company, or it can be a major corporation. It doesn't matter. You have to be clear on that vision. And you have to make sure as a leader that the things that you do are aligned with that vision. Now, here's here's an important takeaway. If you think about it, so that vision, which is what the picture that future state, the way you want your business to show up in the world. It's kind of like you were saying, your purpose on earth. This is that, what's the vision of what you want your business to mean on this planet? Mm-hmm. And and the more you align with that, strategies can change. What you mm-hmm. do from day to day, that can change because the world changes. Yes. But that picture doesn't change. That picture stays fairly st- the same mm-hmm. so as mm-hmm. as yeah as the path has to mm-hmm. ebb and flow and move that means that you've got to anchor to something mm-hmm. and that anchoring is to the vision here's where it matters to your customers to your employees and so forth is if you're looking at the world and saying first of all i recognize the world's always moving it's always changing mm-hmm. right sometimes we forget that so yep. think about it on planet earth it doesn't feel like it right now, but it's spinning at a thousand miles an hour. <laughs> Fast. <laughs> it's it's spinning at a thousand miles an hour, but we don't feel like feel anything because that's just status quo level movement. It's right. the same in business. Mm-hmm. Business is moving at a thousand miles an hour. Sometimes Fast. it gets accelerated, like with COVID, mm-hmm. right? That that's just like rocket fuel that was an accelerant to the mm-hmm. world and caused a lot of businesses to have to rethink. Amen. the way we're doing things. But as a leader, it's on us to be able to say, as the world is continually changing, mm-hmm. I need to bring my team members, my customers comfort in the fact that we're focused on the vision mm-hmm. and we're going to keep delivering on that as the world turns and be meaningful to them as their needs and interests and likes and dislikes evolve. <laughs> Man, that's so good. You're giving, you're giving all the good stuff away in the book. Because all that is in the book, folks. I'm here to tell you, it, it is good stuff, and it's true. What he's saying, I've actually seen it. I mean, I've seen that happen in companies, you know, because if you stay status quo, then the rest of the world will pass you by. And you're at me, who, who is in the world? Customers. <laughs> and who else is in the world? Employees <laughs> in the world. So you have to treat them like you really care about them, like you really want them. And uh, and that's what happened. That's why I loved about this book, man. It is so amazing that you, uh, but there is a difference, uh, you know, a, as you pointed out, uh, and, and you even uh, talked about that a little bit about the idea of business differentiating itself uh, as a human resource developer. And, uh, and, and, and you, and you, you just kind of highlight it, touch that just a little bit, but mainly you hit it from the top, you know, because that's where everything begins from the top. It, it don't start here and work up, you know, or from here and work down is from here down. And, uh, and how did 
you get, I, I know that you, you wrote the book. And uh, so obviously you've had some experience in your background because you were working at some uh, pretty, pretty large banks uh, here in the country or in the world for that matter. And uh, some uh, accounting background and things of that nature, uh, a, a and B banking uh, journal and stuff like that. Uh, American it, Bankers I, Association. Yeah. When you were with that, it, it, <clears throat> that's where you got you were paying attention at what was going on and a lot of that led to this book you know because you was in those companies and you was in there uh where these organizations were changing or were not changing and so you lived it so you know and that it helped you to write the book but now my my my, my question for you is this did you get sort of disgusted with the way things were going and you moved from this company to another company because they weren't doing the things you wanted to do or just opportunities pop up for you? Disgusted. Um, I wouldn't say that, um, outgrowing something. So for me, it's like, you know, there's completion to a job. There's completion to things. And you can say, I've, I've done all I can do here. I did what I came here to do. It's time to move on to something else. Yeah, certainly there have been times where I've worked for organizations where I was frustrated about their um, adaption to the changing world. And, you know, let's face it, the banking world is one that hasn't had a lot of change for a long time. It's changing now for a lot of reasons, but I ran a large investment management and trust division at a bank. And right. there were times I said, <clears throat> the trust business started with William the Conqueror in <laughs> like the 11th century. So it's about time we change things. Yes. <laughs> so, change it so it, but it's that, you know, so, so I kind of always see myself as like a combination of a practitioner and an academic because I love academia. Uh, after graduate school, I taught strategic management for a number of years. And, and so I always go to the research too, you know, and so I like sort of the coming together of those right. things. So the premise behind this book is also grounded in research and case study examples. So you were talking about, you know, when, when a company loses relevance and they sort of miss it, one of the examples that I love that I talk about in there is the Fuller Brush Company. Mm -hmm. So, so think mm -hmm. about this from not only the customers but from the employees. So, they started in 1906 in I think it was Great Bend, Kansas, <clears throat> and they were one of the original door-to-door -door sales companies selling right. house cleaning products. That was a while and back. <laughs> yeah, they they took off. Their their peak was in 1960, and the Fuller Brush man who went door-to-door. Right. -door selling these clean goods, the company generated in today's dollars, a billion dollars in revenue. So it's right. a big company. Sure. Here's what they didn't pay attention to. So think of what was happening in history in the 1950s, 60s. Mm -hmm. Households were changing. Yes, they and were. so going door to door during the day, calling on the lady of the house, mm -hmm. the ladies of the house weren't home so much anymore. They were mm -hmm. working. Mm -hmm. And they didn't really adapt their style, their sales model for the Fuller Brush Man just randomly knocking on your door. Mm -hmm. But they also failed on another front, on the human resource front, to recognize there were more and more women coming into the sales force or into the workforce. They didn't hire women. Ooh. They only hired Fuller Brush men. Man, At the same good. time, there was this startup company that said, 
you know what? There's this huge talent pool. They're called women. Let's draw <laughs> from that talent pool and let's build our company and let's change our engagement model with our mm -hmm. customers. Let's make appointments when they're home <laughs> instead yeah. of just randomly knocking on the door. That company was called Avon. That company's yeah. still around because yeah. they adapted. Fuller Brush didn't change. And as a consequence, they lost relevance. Mm -hmm. You know, that is so, so important. You know, I, I don't want to get too, too far. We're getting coming up close. Not yet, but we're getting close on the clock. The uh, one of the chapters that really, really stuck out, and that was about winning hearts and minds. And uh, we kind of barely touched on that a little bit. Uh, but that is, you know, when you say it, you, you have to be uh, the from here, this is how you win hearts and minds is from the top. You have to be that guy or gal every day. You know, you can't just come in with your bad stuff that happened at home with you and your wife or your husband or on the way to work. You know, guy flips you off and run, whatever. Uh, hearts and mind. Can you touch on that just a little bit before we uh, get to it? I got at least one or two more questions. Sure. Yeah. So, so the whole idea behind this element of winning relevance with your employees and with your customers really is that there has to be an emotional engagement. There has to be an emotional engagement that says this company, this organization is meaningful for me. I need to be a part of it because now you fill in the blanks with your company, but if, as leaders, if we don't create that emotional engagement, win people over, have them want to be part of it, we don't stand a chance of being <laughs> successful. Nope. So think about this. There, I, I read a statistic from the U.S. Census Department that said by 2030, so just eight and a half years from now, eight and a half years, right? Yeah, eight and a half years from now, that there will be more people in the United States over 65 years old than there are below 18 years old. Wow. Now, if you think about what that means for the talent pool, it mm. doesn't matter what the business is, mm -hmm. right? But the talent pool, it means we're competing for talent. Any yep. business is competing for talent. If it's the pizza place, if it's an airline, right? The, the shortage of pilots, I saw something about this and it's like a 5,000 pilot shortage. So the only way we're going to attract the kind of people we want is to win them over and get that emotional engagement, win them over and help them see we care about them. We're setting the right tone. Yep. We want them to be meaningful in this organization. And there's something for them here. I, I was speaking to a group of CEOs last year and I asked them the question, how do you differentiate your company to somebody who wants to come to work for you? And they said things like, you know, well, we have good benefits or we have good compensation. That's not differentiation. That's, right. That's just getting that. into the game. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have that. Yeah. But to differentiate, there's got to be something more. Mm -hmm. And so defining what that more is, is really important, Michael. There you go. Awesome. I love it. You nailed it, man. Golly, I could go on and on and on, man. I mean, because <laughs> this is my area. I love this stuff. I mean, you got me. I'm hook, line, and sinker. Uh, but uh, the, uh, you know, uh, we have guests on here, and we like to ask them a question or two about themselves. So that people, because see, uh, the book didn't write itself. 
you had to write the book. <laughs> so, and we like to find out just a little bit about you and we barely have enough time to do that. So what I'm going to do is ask one of the questions that I ask every single guest is on this. And then we're going to have to hear them get out of here. And that is what book have you read recently that had the biggest impact on you and why? There's a fantastic new book by Adam Grant. Mm -hmm. And he's an organizational psychologist. And the book is called Think Again. Mm -hmm. And um, what I like about it is there were a number of points where I felt really uncomfortable because he challenges you to nice. think again about your perspectives, about people, about the world, about politics, about whatever. And he uses so many great research-based examples of how we can fall into these perspectives that maybe they're they're not based on fact or they're based on something that was just a misperception, but mm -hmm. we get anchored into it. So wow. the whole the whole focus of the book is how you step away from what you get anchored into, and we all do it, and take a new view <laughs> yeah. on it. It doesn't mean you're gonna always change your view. Right. But but when you step back and you just sort of say, okay, I understand where somebody else could be coming from. They may have a different view than I do, a different political or spiritual or religious than I do. Mm. But before I lock into saying, no, <laughs> here's mm -hmm. why they're wrong, That's let right. me take a pause. Thank and you. it's yeah. it's very powerful. It's a that great is. book. Awesome. I love that. I love that. You know, and so we're going to put that on the show notes about uh, Think Again by Adam Grant. Last question. Last question. And then we got to get out of here. This I love this question. What's the best advice you've ever received in your life? My, my favorite advice is from my wife, and it is it never hurts to ask. And she is masterful at being curious and always asking questions. And <laughs> she's the person who, like, you know, if five people in the room are thinking something, she'll be the one to ask the question. Mm -hmm. But she is so good at it, and it's helped me to be more curious or express my curiosity. But I just love that advice. That's yeah. her motto in life. It never yeah. hurts to ask. Fantastic. Man, we, we out of time. We out of time. I, I just, whew. I got so many more questions. You know what? We may have to ask you for a down the line comeback and repeat performance. And uh, and if, if that can we do it? Can we ask you? Can you come back later on down the road? Absolutely, I would oh, love to. Thank love you to so you. much, Dave. We appreciate it, and thank you, Dave, for being here on Extreme Carolina. And thank you everybody for listening. I, I, we're running out of time, but Extreme Carolina is committed to you, our listeners, to bring you leaders and newsmakers like Dave uh, here uh, that are passionate, purpose-driven, and making a difference by listening to their stories, Extreme Carolina listeners will have an opportunity to refuel, reconnect, and get inspired by unlocking the power of the people. Well, here it is, folks. Quote of the week. We got to get out of here on this. The quote of the week is simple. The single, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. <laughs> I'll say it one more time. The single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. That was George Bernard Shaw that said that. Folks, we appreciate it. We want to thank Dave one more time. Appreciate it being on the show. Thank everybody out there for coming. We really appreciate you. Love you. Peace. We out. Be sure to visit our brand new website, 
michaelborkman.com to access exclusive online content, including over 150 episodes of previous content for free. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as Extreme Carolina. And lastly, if you don't want to miss an episode with our amazing guest, and trust me, you don't, you can now subscribe to our podcast and let the new episodes come to you automatically. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. 